Mate, we've, I've had a couple of big days on uh, Vic Bread Super Series. I've got Chris Alford, Noel Shin today as well. Did you know Noel Shin trained a horse that won four Vic Bread finals? I've got a vague recollection of you telling me this, uh, but not, I don't know the specifics, but I reckon one of your little trivia pieces one day <laughs> somewhere in the in the world, uh, you told me that. So uh, an amazing story. Looking forward to listening in. Uh, $1.04, it was over a beer if it was between the two of us. Yeah, yeah it's uh, a horse called Cole Bruce. He won it as a two-year-old and uh, was declared a no race after the race. And he came back a week or a fortnight later and he won it again as a two-year-old and went on to win as a three and four-year-old. And, He's a funny horse, Cole Bruce, because he was probably only really the fifth or sixth best three-year-old of his year, but he was tough, and he could you could put him into the race every year, just put him around into the chair or, or lead if he was off the front, and he was just too good in those Vic Bread races, a bit of a legend. We've got some great races this weekend, and a horse, mate, who I don't think might be as tough as Cole Bruce, but he might be a little bit more brilliant, probably a bit more like Galarian, uh, Captain Ravishing. Yeah, a bit of an update on him. I was out at Emma Stewart's stables uh, just out of Ballarat here yesterday, just having a, a bit of a chat to her about Major Moth for a story in the Herald Sun. Uh, but also just wanted to touch base about <clears throat> Captain Ravishing. Of course, we haven't seen him race uh, for a few weeks now after breaking the Melton track record uh, on a wet night there, uh, sitting in the breeze, one of the b- biggest and best performances I've ever seen at the races. So just an update on him. He's back fast working. They gave him a little break. Uh, which he was certainly deserving of. And he's back in work, back up to fast working. And obviously the aim for him as a four-year-old in February is a chariot of fire at Menangle. So they're talking about uh, running him in the Bonanza first. I think that's about the 2nd of February here at Melton uh, on Hunter Cup night. And, but they might even give him a, a run prior to that as well. So we could see him in the next few weeks, which is really exciting for all harness racing fans after his track record performance uh, going back a few weeks ago. So he'll go to Sydney as a second stringer for the Chariots of Fire, I'd imagine, mate? Yeah, I would think so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, fair to say, where's the gold, uh, who obviously you're referring to as the first stringer, will be dodging him. And uh, hopefully we can qualify via another method because I don't think we'll be uh, bothering him in the Bonanza too much. <laughs> no, but I thought you'd like that. And, and Big Fella yeah. would, would, would add a little chuckle as well. And g'day to the Big Fella family, no doubt are listening some way, shape or form. This uh, this bike's come in for a South Africa. He's just, he has just played at one with no clues. Uh, ladies in red, where she's up to, mate? Because she's, well, is she the star of their stable? I'll put something to you in a minute, actually. Uh, where's she up to? Yeah, so, of course, <clears throat> going back uh, a while, probably earlier this month, it, it was revealed uh, that she had sustained an injury, uh, a stress fracture, to a back past and bone. It wasn't, um, at least from what I'm told, it's not overly serious. She did have some surgery. I saw her out there a few weeks ago in the box. She wasn't too happy with life, but she was. Um, she didn't look in any discomfort or anything. But, yeah, she had a back leg bandaged up. Uh, Emma tells me the stitches are out in that wound now, and she's done box rest for about a month. But, um, yeah, all going well. They're really happy with her. And the news that came out a few weeks, uh, probably a week or so ago now, via Adam Hamilton, that uh, Bill and Ann Anderson are keen to race on with her. So that that's good news for, for harness racing fans as well. We will get to see ladies in red. They're not concerned by the injury. They don't think it's a, a major one. And we'll see her running, uh, I don't know, I assume sometime around the middle of the year. I'd assume a Queensland campaign's probably on the go again as well. Mate. 
I don't think people would rate in Cypher quite the same level as Ladies in Red, but if she wins on Saturday night in Cypher, which you'd sort of expect she's got uh, two hand, uh, one hand on it already, uh, drawing the pole, her prize money at the end of three-year-old season will go past what Ladies in Red did. Really? So you've yeah. gone back and had a look at that? That's, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, um, I don't think many would put her in the same bracket, would they, <laughs> ability-wise, or, or even even for what she's done. But um, in that stat, she's she's got her covered if she's able to win. And, of course, as you said, she draws barrier one, thanks to Willow pulling the barbell out, uh, barrier one on, um, going back a week ago at the barrier draw. I think Willow uh, pulled out almost all of their runners. So uh, she did a good job with Cypher. A couple of other ones she didn't do so well with. There's a few back row draws for uh, Emma Stewart runners. I think she's got... 27 or somewhere around that number. Um, yeah. Runners on Saturday night. Yeah, uh, it's quite remarkable. And Jess Tubbs with 14, which talking to Greg yesterday, that's just as remarkable, really. They had 16 horses in their stable eligible and 14 have got through to the final, which is a story in itself. Yeah, that's amazing. And I did see, um, I just had a message from someone on Twitter before, Toby, um, Going down, you look at race one, and uh, Jess Tubbs, uh, Cognati, is going to be driven by Amy Tubbs, who yep. drives very sparingly at the moment. I don't think she's driven a winner since about uh, 2017. So, imagine the story. Yeah, imagine the story if she could get a Group 1 winner up uh, five years in the making. Well, you're just a day behind. Shots Life listeners got that covered yesterday with Greg. So we, we you, that's all right, mate. Uh, all the Shots Life fans were well across that. I'll go back that. and listen to the podcast. <laughs> we're, well, we're well across that with Amy Tubbs, unfortunately. And, yeah, she's a multiple Group 1 winning trainer and driver. And uh, she's also a part owner in Cognati. So uh, she's been back uh, driving for a little while. She's had three or four drives, I think four from memory. And, uh, yeah, best of luck to Amy in that race. And they're both not... That both of their runners in that in that uh, two year old race, uh, not without a chance, cognati and dichotomy. Uh, so has there been any big bets placed yet, mate? Uh, any real substantial there's been ones? A few. <clears throat> yeah, there's been a few. I'll just quickly whip through them. I mean, there's not. This was uh, sent to me yesterday. Um, a twelve hundred dollar bet on the Lost Storm at a dollar fifty via the tab in the two year old Colts and Geldings. Uh, I'll just stick to the four figure bets. Uh, Someone's gone bang four thousand five hundred at a dollar twenty eight on Joyful in the two year old Phillies final. A um, couple of good cracks at Rockin' with Attitude in the two year old Trotting Phillies final two thousand five hundred at a dollar sixty and also three thousand at a dollar fifty. Uh, speaking about in Cipher, there's been a string of bets. Looks like someone's just gone nine hundred dollars uh, four times at a dollar twenty five, and then someone's gone fourth. Someone grabbed. Four thousand at a dollar fifty on Encipher in the three-year-old pacing Phillies final, which uh, that looks like a pretty good bet at a dollar fifty. Uh, Cravash Door four thousand five hundred at a dollar thirty in the three-year-old Trotting Colts and Geldings. Um, a couple of other ones: a thousand dollars at three dollars on Major Moth in the four-year-old uh, equal uh, Entires and Geldings, and. Uh, Probably one interesting race here is a little bit of a difference in opinion. In the four-year-old pacing mares final, uh, two bets on Doug's Babe, a thousand at two seventy and a thousand at two forty, but also fifteen hundred at a dollar seventy on Tough Tilly. They look the two. Yeah, they but, do. Uh, punters are a bit divided there. So a couple of sizable bets there. They're probably the main ones. Nothing majorly surprising. They're all around the favoured runners, but that's what happens in these finals. Uh, punters are pretty keen to play at the, the short odds and have a good crack. 
Uh, my best for the night, mates. Race 12, number nine, the best bourbon. It's currently 61 and 8. It's the biggest overs I've seen in a long time. It should be about an 8, 10 to 1 chance in that race. It, uh, it beat a free-for-all field up at Menangle two starts back after it galloped away, and it's got a great burst of speed on it. And just go back, watch the replay of the heat. It went enormous in the heat, and it's uh, it stayed down here. It's uh, trained by Grant Forrest. Had him on the show yesterday, and... Uh, it, it is a dead set great each way chance, the best bourbon race 12, number nine. 61, did you say? 61? 61 and eight. Yeah, well, even uh, even J Bond's got it marked as value for you. Bond's put it as a $21 chance, yeah, which correct. Um, is still value in itself. Yep. Uh, and there's a big first four, uh, big quaddy jackpot, is there not? Uh, there is. How much was that? I 50, just tweeted that out. Let me get the 50,000. 50K. 50K jackpot and expected pool. Which is a funny thing, expected pool, isn't it? What two hundred and fifty thousand expected, but it might go above that. Yeah, I don't know how they work that out, but they're pretty good at it. Um, it's like forecasting a, a footy crowd, I guess. Uh, yeah, fifty yeah. k in from the tab. I'm just getting that up now. Yeah, so fifty thousand dollar jackpot into a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar projected pool race is five to eight on the quaddy. So it's fantastic, and I, I know talking to. Paul Oxenford, uh, when he was uh, working, we were discussing, or he was discussing what races would lob in the quaddy because they like nice, even fields there. And he, uh, it's going to be fantastic, uh, that quaddy. So it'll be a nice, open field. Let me just get up which races they'll be. So races five, race five, the first thing of the quaddy will be the four-year-old mayor's final. So Tough Tilly. And Doug's Bay. Uh, Doug's Bay. Race six will be the four-year-old trotting empires and geldings. Elder, yeah, good luck with that. Got Chris Alford on after the break. Be interested in getting his tactics on that. Yep. Yeah, drawn uh, barrier eight with Elder and Zeus. Race seven, the third leg, is the four-year-old Entise and Geldings final. That's probably one of the races of the night with uh, Major Moth and Co. And then the last leg, if you get that far, is the three-year-old Colts and Geldings final. Another, probably the other race for mine of the night. It's, uh, it's going to be an absolute beauty. He's Charlie's <laughs> Angel, Catch a Wave. Uh, and Carl, I've just done a story on Raw for Roscoe, another story. He's a wonderful uh, tale that we've told many times, but he'll feature in the Herald Sun on Saturday as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is Herald Sun material, that you one. Overdo, you can't overdo that one. No, <laughs> it is. It, it is just the one, the whole thing with the Harness Charity Challenge has been well told on here. Mate, uh, I'll let you go. You've got plenty to do. Thanks for coming on, Tim, and uh, we'll tee off again. Won't won't be next week, mate. I'm away for the week. I've got a couple of best-of shows, but uh, we'll do it all in a fortnight's time. Look forward to it. Talk soon. Good on you, Tim. There's Tim O'Connor, our great mate. Uh, we're teeing off with Tim on a Thursday. Let's get a break away, and we'll come back the other side with that man we just mentioned, Christopher Elford. Welcome back to Tarot's Life. Just uh, Toby McKinnon here, and I think I got the thumbs up. Chris Alford is on the line. Christopher Puppet Alford, how are you this morning, my friend? Very well, thanks, Toby. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you, mate. Uh, off to uh, Maryborough, back again. It's a funny... You don't often see the same track having two meetings two days in a row, mate. No, we seem to race there a fair bit, actually, and, yeah... Yeah, about halfway, so on the way again. Doesn't really make a lot of difference to you, does it really? You're just off to the trot somewhere, no matter where they are, is really, it's the case, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Now, Saturday night, uh, you're still down in the four-year-old trotting in ties and geldings to be driving two horses, Trixie Nixie and Elden Baron Zeus, but if I was a betting man, uh, Josh Duggan might be driving Trixie Nixie and you'll steer out of Baron, Elder Baron Zeus? Uh, yeah, that'd be right. What's the plans, mate? It's a funny front line with 
Loxley, lover, don't care, rogue gentleman. I'm not sure which one of those three will get out fast enough to get to the front. Are you just all tickets in getting off the pegs? Um, not, no, not really. Um, I think I think Oxley Lovers probably got enough speed to hold Don't Care. Um, I drove Astro in Don't Care's race last weekend. Um, Astro beat it out by sort of half a length, and um, I'm pretty sure Oxley Lovers will come out a bit quicker than what Astro did. And Rogue Gentleman, he gets out pretty good, but he's not blistering, so... Um, we'll just punch up early and see what happens. You'll have one eye on Rogue Gentleman, though, I reckon, because if he gets fired up and wants the front at all costs, it'll be more the horse, I think, than the driver. Then that can change the shape of that race too. Uh, yeah, it can. It used to be a bit crazy, but Chris has done a good job with it. He um, led out last week and was able to take a trail. So, yeah, I don't think that'll be too much of a problem. Yeah, I, I'd say he still is your best chance of the night, surely, out of Aaron Zeus. Uh, yeah, both him and uh, Amore Vita. And, you know, I think um, one that might have been a bit forgotten, he's racing really well, uh, just not having much luck. There's those later he's drawn out a bit again, but he's going super. So uh, I'm, I'm sure if he has any luck, he'll be, you know, top three, I reckon. On, on Amore Vita, you just mentioned... Was that as good as she's gone in probably nearly since this race last year? Like, she just seems to be getting more relaxed all the time. We know those issues you had in Queensland with her over racing. Do they feel like they're behind her now? Uh, yeah, she seems to be, um, you know, racing a lot, lot kinder. She wears a bit of um, pulling gear now, but um, she seems to be respecting it and, and that's not sort of um, stopping her ability sometimes, yeah stop them falling and you stop them going, but she doesn't seem to be like that. And uh, her run last week was really good. So what's the plans with her? You just come out of the gate. Again, there can be a lot of speed here with relentless me in between you and Encipher. Uh, yeah, it's sort of tricky. Um, Encipher gets out quite well. Um, relentless me, we know, is really quick. And um, even Penitent can really roar off the gate um, when they fire her up. So, uh, yeah, we'll just we get out okay without being great, so we'll just have to hope we can get in somewhere early and and then see what happens after that. Yeah, you just need to be close enough, don't you, at the right spot where you hit the button. Yeah, well, I think the harder they go, the the better it'll suit her. So if there's a real strong burn early, um, I'm sure she can even go around and, and park out mid race if she has to. Yeah, very good. And was that Doug's platter you mentioned earlier that you think's a good chance? Yeah, yeah, he's going really well. Tell us a bit more about him. You've driven him nearly every start for Jeff Webster, who's, who just keeps producing these horses year after year, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He, he's, you know, he um, just hasn't had any luck with the draws lately. Um, like, I think in that really fast race, that might have been a semi-final of the Breeders' Crown, um, when the storm inside went real hard. Uh, not the storm inside, the lost storm went really hard. Um he came from well back in the field and only got beaten ahead. And um, since then, he's just had no luck with the draws. And when he's had a half-decent run, he's won. So what's your plans with him? Just similarly, you just got to get off the gate and have a look across and see if you can slot in somewhere. Perfect class. Looks the main speed off the front a little bit from little Louie. At the, but the, most of the good horses in that race have drawn the back row. So you're certain that brings you in with some chance. Yeah, well, um, if you look at the last week's races... Um, 
uh, as you said, all the main good ones apart from Perfect Class are drawn the, the back row and um, Perfect Class doesn't have a real lot of gate speed. He can get running up the track a little bit and that. Um, and I, I think I haven't spoken to Jeffrey yet, but I nearly think he can get across. You might need to replicate a... Uh, you might need to get across. Okay. I was chatting with Noah Alexander the other day, mate. He, he rates uh, your drive on Golden Rain, uh, your best ever in the Inter-Dominion final. And I, I was blown with him because I'm still on that Blue Eagle drive. Oh, you've got to have a little bit of luck here and there. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's hard to weigh up. They're all different and different horses. But, um, yeah, I don't know what happened with Golden Rain. It just had a... Had a uh, mind blank down the back and just said, "Let's go." And how he rounded him up. <laughs> yep, he did. Not, did. not very often you see one four wide at the eight hundred at Addington and still win. Uh, not often you'll see a horse four wide in an Inter Dominion final and win either. Let alone the track, the circumstances, and all of that. That's that was the bigger achievement. Yeah, well, that's true. And um, you go back to look at that field, how how good oh. they were. There was. <laughs> I think it's like 27, something like, or something like that, years ago. And I think five five or six of the horses in it had won a million dollars way back then. So yeah. it shows the depth of the race. You don't sort of get races like that nowadays. I don't think we need uh, to chat long about tactics with Idyllic. You just, I suppose, you're stuck on the pegs there with him and he's he's got a great finishing burst. If they go really hard, better eclipse Major Moth and... Act now comes around and there's some tired horses ahead of you. He'll be coming, idyllic. Uh, yeah, for sure. He's, um, you know, a, a really good horse. He went super last week. He had to do, um, you know, a lot of work. I think the lead time was about 43.8, which is pretty quick. And um, was still there at the finish and he's going to get a, a cosy run. And um, it doesn't look like it's going to be a, a sprint race, that's for sure. So uh, he can get clear somewhere in the last, sort of 400, he'll have a full head of steam up. 43.6 at lead time, Chris. And yeah. that, I equate them all back to lead rates. So that would be like yeah. running a quarter in 27.8 for 631 metres at a quarter rate of 27.8. So, yeah, it certainly was quick. Yeah, and then, yeah, still got another mile to go after that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, he's run with Fulham there because that's the first time he's um, been used off the gate since he's, you know, returned to racing, all these other runs have been sort of pretty quiet and finished yeah. off. All right, mate, I'll let you go. Have a, have a successful day. Maryborough today and uh, Bendigo tomorrow night and then uh, into the big stuff on Saturday night and I'll see you around the traps. Thanks, Toby. There's Christopher Puppet Alford on the way to Maryborough. We've been lucky with the Maryborough meetings. We've got Greg Sugars yesterday who was on his way to Maryborough and, uh, the great Chris Elford today, who, again, on his way there to Maryborough. Cricket score, it's 3-4-64. Bavuma is on eight, and Zondo is on one. That might be in the news that's about to be played, but uh, I do like keeping you abreast of the cricket scores. Let's get to some news for 11.30. Still got Noel Shin coming up this hour. Big second hour on the back nine with our regulars, Mick Gurr and Jamie Cockshut. And we'll catch up with a man named Vernet Woods. Oh, welcome back to Trot's Life. It is your Thursday edition. Normally do a few tips here. We had a good crack yesterday. Jeez, uh, well, Lady Lani was 61 and $8. And we've had it each way and it's run fourth. Uh, Yering Soho got out to 80 to 1 and ran fifth. 
Uh, I know they don't pay for this. Gracie Cullen, we got to collect on. She's run second. She was twelve dollars and three ten when I tipped her. So we got a little back there. What's that? Thirty one and fifteen fifties. Forty six fifty back for our efforts. And Alpine Warrior uh, was uh, disappointing. I think it must have galloped. I didn't see the race actually. Not uh, there's a there was really one race today of interest at Maryborough. Uh, race seven. I just. I'm just not sure about Constant. I know it's uh, shown a bit of ability in patches. I'm not a. I, I'd be very concerned about Queen of Quebec, who's made a lot of mistakes in its career. There's 12 horses in the race. I don't think that's going to suit it. Uh, don't be frightened by the fact Chris Sinosa has got three in it and he's driving Queen of Quebec. Don't make. Don't let that make you think that it's the best chance in the race because I think it's just the highest risk horse of galloping. Elder Baron Demi and It's Fergie Time are the two horses I like in the race. I think they'll probably end up going the furthest in their careers. Really like it's Fergie time. It's just got a sticky gate in gate five. I think Elder Baron Demi can get across with Jason Lee, can get his uh, grandmother off the gate in a, 20, a 28 quarter. So I think if he can get off the gate and get across at 8.50 and it's Fergie time at 7.50 coming across, they're the two that I'd like to be playing in that race. I'm just not sure how we make a dollar out of it. So uh, maybe... Uh, for the punters like Big Fella that are happy just to have a little bet for a big result, maybe have a Quinella, four and five, Elder Baron Demi, and it's Fergie time. If we if you get the Quinella in, it, it'll pay really well. You could back uh, both of them each way. I did have a good look through. There was a few others on the day I thought were really good chances, but they're just at the right prices, and I didn't see any huge value in them. Uh, best of luck to our mate Gareth Hall, who's a uh, shareholder in Jewelby Jetpack in race nine, a... Uh, Another great uh, SEN man. I'm off to Cranbourne tonight. So naturally, I'm um, unable to look at that. The other one, I, I did like Aviero in the first, but I thought $5 and two ten was about the right price as well. So not going to do a, a game plan as such today. But if you if you really want to have a little nibble at something today, at Maryborough, race seven, number four, Elder Baron Demi, and number five, it's Fergie time. Make sure uh, if you're having a quaddy, you got them in in some fashion. Uh, and if you want to have a little Cornella on the two of them, uh, I, I wouldn't be having a whole heap on it, though. It's uh, I'm just not overly confident on that race. I just think they look the best two horses in the race, uh, and I can see maybe Elder Baron Demi getting across and getting to the front. If it does that, it'll be really hard to, to uh, beat, but it's Fergie time. The horse have got a lot of time for uh, Stacey, Lee, uh, Stacey Towers and Mark Lee, as I mentioned the other day, about should be a barker. Do a wonderful job with these horses, particularly it seems... When they come down from New South Wales, it's almost like they come down fit, ready to go, and, and they just put the icing on the cake. Let's get a breakaway here. We'll come back the other side with uh, Noel Shin. Cricket score is three for 65. Welcome back to Trot's Life. It is Toby McKinnon in the chair, and now joined by a legend of harness racing and from a legendary family, Noel Shin. Noel, how are you, mate? Pretty good, thanks. Now, Noel, uh, just for our listeners, I know like your family dates back through this sport right back as far as I know to, to Hubert, who your, your grandfather who won the 33-34 uh, Drivers' Premiership. It's a long time ago, I know, but your family's been in this sport all your life and for many generations. Yeah, my same. Um, well, uh, actually, grandfather's father was helping too, so it's been another generation. <laughs> it's yeah. Pretty amazing, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now, 
I want to go back before we get to Elder Barandino because we're talking about Vic Bread Super Series and the curious tale of Cole Bruce who effectively won four Vic Bread Super Series finals in, in a sense. He won those two as a two-year-old. Take us through what happened and how it eventuated and uh, how he won the race and it was later declared a no race. Yeah, well, he, he, he won the um, the first the first one, the first rung of it, and um, there was a fall in it. And um, anyway, they kept going, and he won. And then before they gave the all clear, they ran out and said it was a no race, so it was a bit stressful. And then he came out and he um, he sat outside the leader in the um, second running, and he um, looked like he was gone just before they straightened it. I had a helping hand upstairs, and they kicked him home. Who was the helping and, hand upstairs? I, I don't know, but someone helped. <laughs> like, he was gone. <laughs> he was gone. He, and then he got he got up. He uh, he was he was tough, wasn't he, Cole Bruce? He just lifted every time he seemed he really need to, and and that was the first time he really did it, probably. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, it, it, it was a beautiful horse. He just kept trying, and I was saying he's very strong and. Did plenty of work in races and kept winning. So he's very good. Also, they have no one like him. Well, yeah. they come along so rarely, and you've just won a two-year-old Vic Bread, and and yeah, there must have been a fall behind you somewhere, and you're coming off the track, and you're told it's a no race. What what were the the emotions in your mind going through at the time? Like they're so hard to win, and you just won one, and they were taking it straight off you in a sense. And what were the emotions like then? Can you remember? Oh yeah, I, I can remember because um, they, um, but I, I got the blame for the fall. Yeah, and, and I, I was um, what's the name suspended for it, and um, I appealed and like then if you got suspended, you served your time and that, and I appealed and what's the name, I, I won the appeal. Yeah. Which which I, I was I, I was very lucky. Channel Thirty One had a um, a back straight or oh, back view of the uh, incident and we found the back view of the incident and you could see that I didn't do it. <laughs> I, was, I was completely innocent. You know, so. So, so the standard view of the in- incident uh, showed one thing and that this often happens when there's multiple cameras we see to the cricket and the footy and stuff all the time. But you, in, in getting to the appeal, you found this other coverage and it just showed from a different angle that you didn't actually hit the horse's legs or whatever the case was. Yeah, well, it showed it. Like I... I I didn't do it. I knew it. I knew I didn't. And um, anyway, I was suspended and um, had had to face an appeal before I could drive him. Yeah, the second time round. Yeah. yeah, and won the second time. It was actually you did win another size stakes too. Yeah, in nineteen eighty nine, I reckon from from memory, I've got it written down here somewhere. Actually, nineteen eighty nine, you won a size stakes with what a horse that I'm not sure we ever saw the best of him, Galarian. No, 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 no. He, he, he was. He, he won the Sydney side. That's right. Larry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still a size yeah. stakes. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 he won the um, New South Wales one, and you know, and um, plus, uh, he, 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 well, he, he, he was a freak. He, oh. you know, he was a real good horse. Yeah, was very, very good. Was he the best horse you've probably had as far as ability goes? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I had a horse when I first started off, um, a horse called Providence. Um, he, he, um, what's the name? he won a heat of the derby and he ran second in the derby and um, 
he started favourite in the Australian Derby and he got beat, but he he was very good when he when he was at his best. He was very good. Yeah. Okay. Now they're few and far between these really good horses, and I'm not sure Alda Barandino is quite at uh, Colbury's level, or or he's got maybe a bit of a brilliance streak in him, like Galeria, and I don't remember Providence, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but. Tell us a bit about Aldo Barandino because we didn't see him race as a two and three year old. No, well, um, he, he um, I, I bought him home from the sales and that, and um, I, I, well, I tried for um, twelve months to get him going and that, and um, he just had no speed and, that, and so anyway, um, I threw him back. At, in the paddock up at Duncan's and uh, he was up in the paddock for 12 months or more and then I was saying they, they said you're going to try that horse again and I said oh, I better try him again and so <laughs> I, I brought him home and I, I tried him and that and they, off he went like you couldn't believe it was the same horse you know and uh, I was saying like well Chris does most of the things with him and that now but um, yeah. I was saying I, when, when I first brought him back I, I said to Chris this horse can go a bit and that and um I was saying he said, can he? And I give it to him to work one day and I, I haven't got my hands back on him. <laughs> <laughs> Chris has just jumped in the cart before you've had a chance every time, has he? Uh, he, he, he keeps grabbing. He, he doesn't let anyone get hold of him, I tell you. <laughs> but he, 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 he's very good, but he's, what's Sammy? Well, he's, like I said, he's given them 12 months or 18 months start. Yeah. And, and that, and the, you I'd say another, another um, 12 months, he'll be, I think he'll be an open class trotter and that. And <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's pretty good, yeah. yeah. And he's a rough chance in the size too. Yeah, you you must have been reading my notes. I've got a, a note down here. What will we be doing in 12 months? We've answered that. Open class trotter, he's, he, he does feel like he only started racing in May and it's been a, a long, slow, quiet preparation throughout the year, and you've always had him ODM. I think you opt to keep him ODM. What's the thinking behind that? Just allowing him to mature. Yeah, no. Well, we, we what's the same? I, I, I had him put back in the drawer, and he missed again on me, and that. And what well, you take him to the trials, and he trots away all the time, but he <laughs> goes to races and he doesn't. So at least with our We'll, we'll give him a bit longer than that, and um, you're better to be to be in the race and not in the race at all, sort of thing. And um, if he misses, he's not in the race. So, the same we we're drawing wide, and we've got to rely on a bit of luck from the others. Hope that they um, decide to have a race. Yeah, if they go really hard, you can just sit back. It'll be Chris will drive at tempo related, no doubt. But if the tempo goes out, I got a feeling you'll be happy to come around him. I probably will, but. Sam, I, I can't see where the tempo won't go out of him because there's, there's um, oh, the, the pole horse and um, the three, like they, they've got that, but they can't let either of them get away with the slow sectional. So um, I'm saying they, they've got to put themselves in the race. So I, I think they should be. And the, um, the other horse, out of Baron Zeus, he, he's got to get in the race somewhere, don't he? Like he well, he couldn't have drawn a worse spot for him, really. Yeah. yeah. It's, a bit, it's a bit touchy for him, you know, but so he's got to get in the race. So I think it'll be a pretty genuine race. That Chris Alford might know what he's doing, though. Well, he does. That, that, that's why I know, and that, that's why I think he's got to you know, put him in the race, and he'll have to. I don't. I, 
I'm glad it's him and not me anyway. I get the sense... I get the sense with this horse, he'll have a break probably off the back of this. I'm tipping a few months in the paddock. He comes back and he might mature again and, and we'll, we will see the best of him over the next uh, 12 months, 24 months. Yeah, I, I think you will too. I, I think he'll be very good in another 12 months. Yeah, He's, pr- he's pretty good now. He, he doesn't have to improve a lot. Yeah, no, he he runs the times. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, he's run some races. I think he got beaten by um, oh, Shorty up at Bendigo and, and they streaked the others. And, uh, you know, some of those runs have been his best runs when he's even been beaten, if that makes sense. Yeah, it is. He, he's, he's really had to be driven upside down. He was always sort of short and nearly favourite. So you've got yeah. to put him in the race. But, yeah. um, he, his second run... In a race, like he, he drove in quiet, and he, um, he he charged home real good at Kilmore one night. He ran fifty six a half one night at Kilmore in the, in the winter, or a little, you know. And so he, um, what's saying? He's got plenty of speed and that. And what's saying? That's what I mean. Like what? What he won a fortnight ago? He drove in quiet, and he charged home pretty good that night too. So that's why I reckon he's, if they have a race, he's got a good chance. One more. Uh, you got two in the bronze, the four-year-old bronze tomorrow night. Uh, Regality and Darby Minga. You're driving uh, Darby Minga, and uh, Chris drives Regality. Do you, first of all, do you want to win the race, and second of all, do you just want to make sure you beat Chris home? I want to beat Chris home, and <laughs> I, I definitely want to win the race. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, um, she, she pulls a bit hard, um, Regality, and that, and um, so Chris volunteered to. Um, he said, I better drive her. She's too strong for you. I, I'm getting a bit of age on me, so like, he doesn't want to wear me out too soon. Fair enough. Good on you, Noel. Uh, thanks for coming on for a chat and uh, reminiscing a bit about Cole Bruce and that uh, magic time where he won those three years in a row, two, three, and four-year-old. They don't come along too often, and best of luck with Elder Barandino on uh, Saturday night. Well, thanks a lot. We'll be there. We're, we're in to win, so he'll be right. Good on you, Noel. There, there is Noel Shin, a lifetime in harness racing for him and generations from family down. And uh, his son, Chris, takes the drive on Elder Dino on Saturday night in what is going to be one of the more interesting races on the night. I know our great mate, Darren Carroll. We wish Darren the best of luck too with his horse, Don't Care, who uh, goes around in that race. It's such an intriguing race with pace on the inside from Loxie Lover. But it's sort of, if Chris Alford's on, if Becca Bartley's got Chris Alford stuck in her back with Elder Baron Zeus, it serves her purpose to hand over to Chris Lang with Rogue Gentleman. Where does Don't Care end up? Could he possibly cross Loxley Lover? I'm not sure. There's there's other speed from out wide. Central Otago may go forward. Uh, then back in the field, horses like Who's the Man and Elder Baron Dino as well. Elder Baron, uh, don't write off Who's the Man. Don't you worry. He can lob up in a good position. And we've seen Chris Inocio win a race or two like this over the years uh, with Anywhere Hugo, Kaivelli, Finn. Um, they've won big races like these uh, similarly. And Elder Baron Dino, I tell you, if they're out on their feet and he comes with one run, he just keeps coming, this trotter. He's... He's a big, strong brute of a horse, and he will keep coming. Don't worry, and uh, don't write him off out of that race. It's a wonderful second leg of the quaddy, 
Uh, you can go skinny without a Baron Zeus, almost one out, or you've got to go really, really wide. There's almost not too much uh, in between there. Let's get our last break away for the hour. We'll come back the other side. There was a wicket at the cricket. It was technically a run out, but I reckon if you'd been watching it, you could nearly give the wicket to Pat Cummings. He tied him up so much at one end. They just couldn't score off him. They hit it to a fielder and ran, I think, just to try and get a run. And uh, it was all she wrote, run out. So it goes down as a run out, but it was uh, Pat Cummings and Scotty Bowen's tight bowling that brought it about. Let's get this break away. We've still got a big hour left in the second hour of Trot's Life coming up. Welcome back to Trot's Life. Toby McKinnon in the host chair with you for your Thursday. Still got our back nine on moving day to come with uh, Mick Gooden, our correspondent from New Zealand, up next. And some probably disappointing fields, I'd say. Uh, I think Mick would agree with me, actually. Some disappointing fields in New Zealand over the next uh, coming days in some of their feature races. They've got a four-horse field in a in the Franklin Cup, which is very disappointing. I'm interested to hear what Mick's thoughts are on that. Uh, then we'll move into our Taz Racing segment with uh, Jamie Cockshut and Vernet Woods. From Fingal, he's uh, or a track just near Fingal is his home track. St Mary's might be better known. They normally race on New Year's Day, but the track hasn't come up this year. Uh, the family they've been training horses uh, right through Vernet's life. They uh, from a mare in the fifties. Every single horse has come from that foundation mare that I can tell. Anyway, there might have been the odd ring in maybe, but I couldn't find any anyway. And uh, amazing, uh, amazing story really to be training. Uh, of generation after generation after generation. They got a winner this week uh, with Windy Hanover, who won as an eight-year-old having its seventh start. And he's got a runner in on uh, tomorrow called Top Hanover. Uh, they don't train them all throughout their career. They often uh, give them a start or two and then move them on to another trainer once uh, they've shown a bit of ability. But they always seem to have them set at this time of the year for the big New Year's Eve meeting. That is a wrap for the hour. Let's get the 12 o'clock news away. The score at the crickets, four for 82. 12 o'clock news and then back the other side with our mate from New Zealand, Mick Gurren. Welcome back to your Thursday edition of Trot's Life. Toby McKinnon in the host chair with you. And our weekly catch-up with Mick Gurren is on. Mick, mate, uh, firstly, how are you and where do we find you today? Mate, I'm great. Thank you, Toby. Um, we're in the middle of a pretty busy week with... Um two codes of black type action out of Auckland this week. So we had uh, we had the Gallops, big Gallops meeting here on Monday. Was it Monday? I thought it was like Monday. <laughs> and we're going to Tarapa on Sunday where there's seven black types for the Gallops. And on Saturday night, uh, we have the harness racing season ending in New Zealand, as it does in Australia. And the last race Four of the horse. entire New Zealand season... Harness, Greyhounds, or Gallops. So it's the last race full stop. It's actually the, the story of the year horse, which is Copy That, because a lot of people wouldn't remember. This time last year, Copy That was stood in a box in Victoria with a broken leg. And you never think they'll come back and do what he's done. I mean, a lot's been made in the past about the, the unbelievable comeback of Poppy Aram and the Italian Cup and all that sort of stuff. Well, Copy That's comeback's a lot better than Poppy's. He came back from a broken leg and won a New Zealand Cup. Um, that's that's top of the tree stuff. So it's a funny time. It's a, it's a less romantic time. There's less 
you know, reverence put on these things, though, these days. And, of course, no one's saying Poppy that's as good a horse as Popper, you know, but still a hell of a comeback story. And this time last year, he was standing in a box with a broken leg in Victoria. Ray Green couldn't travel home to New Zealand because the borders were closed. Yes. That was only this year. Yeah. And and now he's come home, won a New Zealand Cup. He's won a race off 70 metres behind, 50 metres behind, 30 metres behind. And he's been so dominant, he's scared off all the opposition. There's only four starters in a $50,000 race on Saturday night. Yeah, he's going to start a twenty from 30 metres behind again. So sort of hard to believe all that and a slight bleed in a Victoria Cup campaign has happened to this horse in the space of 12 months. What, 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 I know it's a $50,000 race, but... He's just meandering through these races and just picking them off, and there's good money each time. But what's his main aim? He's obviously not coming over to Victor- back to Victoria in any great rush, I wouldn't have thought, or, or are you going to tell me otherwise? Is he coming for no. a Ballarat Cup Hunter Cup raid? He'll be there for both. He well. leaves on January the 10th, gets on the big bird. Um, I'm staggered how long he is in the market for some of these races. He, as long as I think a week ago, he was $14 for the Hunter Cup. No. And he's... And he's still $21 to win the Miracle Mile. He's $21 for tab.com.au to win the Miracle Mile. Now, I'm not sure there's a horse in Australasia going better than him. If you look at the Hunter Cup market with the tab, you'll be staggered of the horses who are in front of him. Um, Act now is in front of Copy That. $4.50. Well, for the Hunter Cup, well, there's no chance Act now beats. I doubt it would be racing in the Hunter Cup, and I'm sure as hell I think he'd be winning the Hunter Cup. Not over the twenty-seven sixty. Um, expensive ego is second favourite for the Hunter Cup. Well, that can't possibly be right. Honolulu Bay six dollars. The Rock and Roll do absolutely deserves yep. to be the favourite. Copy that was fourteenth. He's into eight dollars. But Akuta has zero chance of turning up the Hunter Cup. That's a total zero. He's not going. Yep. Uh, and he's eleven dollars. Um, leap to fame is zero chance of being there. He's at fourteen dollars. So self-assured is. Zero chance of being there. He's $17. So these horses are all rated under or just outside. Copy that. And he is on the plane. He's on the plane on January the 10th. He'll race at Ballarat in the Ballarat Cup. He will race in the Hunter Cup. Uh, now, he hasn't been dynamic in Victoria before. No. Um, he, does, he does have one change this time. Bizarrely, not saying it'll help because he had a very good driver on last time, and Nathan Jack. But Blair Orange has been offered the drive. So Blair, who's done very, very limited driving in Victoria, um, will be going across to drive the horse. But there's no way if he turns up in any sort of form to act now expensive ego or on a little bacon to hit him the markets. There's just no way. Rock and roll do, yes, he absolutely can. Yeah, I just got it up uh, the market myself. Majestic Cruiser, $17.00. And copy that eight dollars out of New Zealand Cup, so uh, you'd kind of think uh, that'd be pretty good for for a hundred cup. But according yeah. to the TAB, it's not Mick. <laughs> well, they're still they're still going to get there, and they're still going to perform. And he did underperform in his last campaign. But I asked Ray about the bleed and Ray said, "Well, first of all, first of all, it wasn't reported as a bleed because of a bleed because it was so minor. Uh, and secondly, they've been using just off the shelf supplements, stuff you can just buy at the horse saddlery short store." And he said, it's worked. He's been fine. And the four would indicate that. He's won five races, um, three of them off thumping handicaps, and New Zealand Cup where he beat a lot of these horses. So, yeah, I'm not saying he's just going to turn up and win the New Zealand Cup, but the 
hard to cup. It's a bloody hard race to win, and a lot of it comes down to barrier draws. But you'd be happy enough to be taking, you know, nice money about copy that if by some miracle he found himself uh, in front in a hunter cup. Because I think some of these horses like that now, you know, they obviously have to feel the effects of what they've been through and it's yeah. going into a bit breed. And that's not picking on it. Yeah, he's a wonderful horse. But there's, the fact that now is $4.50 to win a hunter cup is, is just insane. Staggering. Yeah. Staggering. So that, that's, what, that's, what, that's what he's doing. So that'll be the highlight of swimming uh Saturday night. Now, one horse who's not starting on Saturday night, Bobby, who, who was going to his majestic man, they're actually considering bringing him to Victoria. Okay. So he'll race the week after. He seems to like it up there. I think he's a little bit too old, but they seem to like traveling the horse. Uh, and Muscle Mountain is definitely coming for the trot for the great Southern star and he'll race in the Dullard the week before. So there's going to be some good horses there. I mean, obviously, the locals are very good horses. I'm not saying you can just turn up and beat just the lead because... Both a brilliant stride, and he couldn't do it. But yeah, Muscle Mountain is going to add a lot of interest to the Great Southern Star and the Dullard, and obviously Copy That's going to add a lot of interest to what's going to be an already sparkling lineup in the Ballarat Cup in Antarctica. Krug's racing pretty well at the moment, and he's in the Central Otago free-for-all. Has he got any plans of coming? No, he's not coming at all. I'm staying in New Zealand with him. He races on the second, which feels like about four weeks away, but about three days. He races <laughs> the uh, um, at a place called Omacow, which is actually the race and the place where Ricky May died a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. And was declared dead for 10 minutes, and then bizarrely came back to life, thank God. Um, so it's a, it's a race which has had some real drama in recent years. There won't be such drama for it this year, because... I think Krug will be winning. They're going to stay home and are pretty keen to get a spot in the race by Grimm's. Now, the race by Grimm's goes to a million dollars. Yeah. Uh, and it's already going to be a hot as hell field because Old Town Road's been taken by Brickland Farms. And yeah. I believe the deal for Rock and Roll Do is done. The deal is done. It is not my place to announce who's taken the horse. But I believe the deal is signed. So Rock and Roll do won't be going to Perth for their million-dollar race. Uh, he'll be heading to Cambridge for the million-dollar race by Grins. All being well, of course. We're, we're talking a bloody long time away, Toby. Self-assured is definitely being aimed at it. He's staying home to be aimed at um, Krug is staying home to be aimed at it. Uh, and Copy That will be returning to New Zealand for it. And I'd be very surprised if Jason Grimson didn't want to come because he finished second in the race last year with one of his. So uh, it's going to be a super, super strong race alongside a horse like D.D. Joe. Um, it could be, and by no means is anybody picking on any, any other races, but it could be the strongest field um, in the last 12 months because Akuta is definitely going there because his owner, Ian Dobson, owns a slot of the race. So all of a sudden, you've got potential for rock and roll. Boom, just a cruiser, a cooter, copy that, self-assured, and uh, and Krug. So that's six fifteenths of the New Zealand Cup field heading to a race, which being a mobile would be more advantageous for rock and roll. Too. I'd have thought a spirit of St. Louis would be a fair chance, too, for McCarthy's to take him over. Um, look, I would think he's just going better, he would. But as part of the team who own him, the Summit Bloodstock team, yeah. they have a slot. So so they, they may well use him. I think last year they used the old boy, Old Orlando, in that slot. So, yeah, Correct. I think he might be a chance of going. But I think he would need to go better than he did during the Inter-Millions. I think he lost his way a touch there. 
Um, so, yeah, absolutely. He, he would be a horse you think could be turning up in that race. Now, it's a long way away, and we still have some great racing to go before then with the Victory on this Saturday night, of course, and, and the Ballarat Cup and, and, and the Hunter Cup and the Miracle Mile Carnival. But, but yeah, I, I do think, from what I'm hearing, the rock and roll do is done. And, and I spoke to Mick Stanley a while ago, and he said he was a lot keener on Victoria than he was on Perth. So um, it still mystifies me how an industry as small as Harness Racing can have $2 million slot races on the same night. That's, <laughs> no one will ever convince me that was a good idea. <laughs> and it wasn't like the race by grins no one knew about. Like it happened last year. It wouldn't have been hard to work out what date it was and just say, oh, we'll go three weeks later. Yeah, well, but... I would have thought, I would have thought, I, I, the only thing I can think is that it must be a state government thing. I know WA... And, uh, and Rawa do a lot of you know, that state funding stuff, and then they have a lot of power because you just simply couldn't put the two things on the same night. And, and they're going to cop their right whack, the race in New Zealand, not being biased at all. I don't, you know, to me, I don't care where races are, I travel all over Australia covering races, but the race in New Zealand is going to be significantly stronger than anything they can put on at Perth. So um, hopefully next year, not next year, but the year after 2024, such silliness can be avoided. Very good, Mick. Uh, thanks for coming on, mate, and thanks for the year. You've con- your contribution's been outstanding to Trot's life, and uh, we look forward to continuing on next year. I will be away next week, mate, and there's, there'll be some best-of shows, so you can have next week off. Beautiful. Appreciate it, Toby. Go well, mate. Thanks for the opportunities this year. Happy year to you and to all the SEN listeners. I don't take the opportunity to talk to them every week like Very good. Good on you, Mick. There is Mick Goulin from New Zealand. Uh, our great mate, as uh, he comes on every week, and, and we do thank him for that. Uh, he's and our listeners thank him as well for what he contributes. Let's get to a break for the hour, and our first of the hour cricket score is up to four for 97. Bavuma and Varen are digging in once again. Bavuma 29, Varen is 12. And uh, Australia just pushing to uh, break this open and get down into that uh, long South African tail. Uh, Let's get to a break. We'll come back the other side with Jamie Cockshut, and he'll have some tips for us. Welcome back to Trot's Life. We are about, we can get stuck into our Taz Racing segment. It's going to go a little bit longer, so we can, uh, we'll get some tips out of the way straight away, so we can get stuck in with Vernet Woods, because I think we might have a tale to tell or two, perhaps, with Vernet. A uh, great mate, uh, all the way from Vietnam, uh, Jamie Cockshut's on the line. Jamie, firstly, mate, uh, how are you today? Yeah, not too bad, mate. A little bit chilly over here, to be honest, Toves. But um, oh. here we are, mate. We'll soldier on. <laughs> a little bit chilly for Sparris. Sparris, as all our Tasmanian listeners and Melbourne listeners have been through one of the wettest and coldest periods in history over the last four months. And, and what, it's got down to 30 degrees or something, has it? No, it's actually nine degrees, thank you. Nine? So it is a bit Ooh. chilly for Ooh. a Tasmanian. Like where I live, it's, it does have the four seasons and... Um, probably about 150 k's up in the mountains. It's in the minuses up up in in the north of Vietnam, mate. So, yeah, Vietnam does have four seasons, just like back in Australia, like winter, summer, spring, and autumn. But yeah, no, that's been a bit chilly the last two days. I think of two things in Vietnam: hot weather and rain, and nothing in between. That's just sort of what what I think of in my mind, you know. Nah, it's a lot different to that, mate. Now nah, the weather in Hanoi, North Vietnam, is very good. It's four seasons, and that's why I can manage it because. 
The summer does get the 43, 44. That's probably three day, three months in a row. And that's when I do struggle big time. Don't get me wrong. I can't handle that sort of weather. That's when you know, it's a good time to come back home, mate. Now, have you had a look at King Island? They got their cup on Monday, January 2nd. And we did cover it last year with someone. Like I think it was Peter Jakowenko we might have had on, did we, last year? And I don't know if you've had a look at it, but they've got a good little field of six going around. Paul Williams has got three of them. Rock and Roll Nitro's won three in a row. And young Caleb's going to uh, go back home and, and have a drive of it to win a uh, King Island Cup. And Alcatraz looks a chance as well. And Tizu Storm looks like Paul Williams might have the three main chances in the race. Yeah, well, well the quality of horse over at King Island this season has been pretty good. So Rock and Roll Nitro's always been a good horse. He, you know, formerly trained by Paul Hill. He was a really good juvenile, but lost his way. And... You know, the greener pastures of King Island have seen him bounce back to form. He's won every race meeting other. He's won three in a row. But he goes back to the 40 metres, which won't be easy. No. But he does get Caleb on him, which is a big plus. Um, you know, Caleb's one of the most up-and-coming drivers in the state. And, you know, my gut feeling is, mate, I reckon he can overcome the 40 metres. Um, you know, he's got, I think it's over 24, 2,500 at the Cup. So he's going to get every chance. Like, Tissu Storm's been racing well, but... You know, I reckon Rock and Roll Nitro can still get the job done and um, young Caleb Williams can win his hometown cup for his, for his um, grandfather. If Alcatraz gets out, it could be a chance? Yeah, no, he could be. He could be. <laughs> Depend, depends if he does get out or he just goes to the line locked up or <laughs> and how much, yeah. But um, it's, yep. funny you say, it's funny you say that. I've visited Alcatraz, Toby, over in San Francisco and... Um, on your own volition, or was it a forced, was it a forced visit? Yeah, no, it was a, <laughs> on a on a trip, and it's very eye opening. I'm telling you now, you wouldn't want to be stuck there, that's for sure. You know, I, I feel for the poor prisoners who were stuck there all them years ago because it is a very very eerie sight. Mate, uh, when you're trying to break out of somewhere like that, what you need uh, to get out to get off the island is stepping stones. Yeah, she's got to repay the faith, mate, because I've been one of her biggest followers, but, like, she hasn't been racing bad. You know, she's just had no luck. Like, last week she got pushed back and then charged home. So she's drawn outside the second line of Carrick, which is not ideal, and there's a pretty handy horse resuming in barrier two called Strezlecki Watuzzi. Uh, but I'm happy to go with Stepping Stones again, give her one more chance, and hopefully she, hopefully she can um, return the favour to all her loyal followers over the last few weeks when I've, that I've been tipping them into her. Race three, number 11, Euro King at Carrick tomorrow, kicking off Jamie's best. Uh, and then you go out to race, uh, you've got race nine down, but it's not race nine. It's Euro King's race eight, number two, but it should come into barrier one with the emergency inside it. That's exactly right, mate. That's Yeah, it's race eight, number two, sorry. But, yeah, the emergency doesn't get on. Draws a pole. And he's just in great form. He loves to lead. Carrick's a, a pretty good track to be in front. Um, he'll just stack them up and just spin around the corner. And, you know, as long as he don't get kick away too soon, he, he'll be winning. He's he's racing in really good form. It's not an easy race. There's a few horses in that have got a bit of but just from the draw, he should get the job done. And hopefully they put up, you know, $283. And I reckon he's a really good gambler at those odds. The value runners, mate, race four, number seven, Sweetermore's been scratched, I've just noticed. So yep. we'll just delete her. Yeah. And we'll go to race six, number three, the Shallows. This is the open class race, and this is a really good race. You know, you've got Riley Major, the Shallows, you've got Lip Reader, you've got Sunny Sands. But the Shallows has never drawn the front line for as long as I don't know what. 
And if you can take advantage of it, Heath Butch, and somehow bully his way to the lead, I reckon he'll make Riley and them chase him. And, you know, he gets his chance, and he'll be about $5. And so that's the only reason I'm leaning his way, just from the draw. And he can get that early advantage instead of being coming from back in the field. Um, couple of odds. Race two, number 10, Captain Cosman. Well, we might push him into the value play, Toby, because with Sweeter Moore scratch, he won't be no huge odds. He might only be six or seven to one, mate. But he looks a really good gambler in race two. And the other, the one at odds, race 10, number four, better and more. This is a really strong race, very open, but, you know, she's a handy man, better and more. She can just slot in somewhere and get some sort of run and just be, get to the outside, you know, just before the corner. She'll hit the line strongly out wide and, you know, she's a good player around the 12 or $14 mark in the last. Um, we'll go a quaddy. First leg, we'll go one eight ten. Second leg, we'll go 3-5 and 11. Third leg, we'll go one three eight nine and 10. Last leg, 2-1 out. That's Euro King for $45. Then we'll have another one with a bit of insurance in the last leg, mate. First leg, one eight ten. Second leg, 3 5, 11. Third leg, one three eight nine and 10. And last leg, 3 and 8. $45. Give us 50% of the dividend. If you're having a quaddy tomorrow in that last leg, Jamie, and Rock's Aunt Pets gets a run, I'd be keen to throw it in, actually, in that insurance quaddy, mate. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I'll, you know, you just can't... It's just hard to, to put an emergency in a quality because the cost goes up. But if he does get a run, uh, that's got to change because I'm sure um, he'll take the sit on Euro King and yeah. and if they do kick away, that's why I brought the eight into the race. Uh, the, the Yeah, no. Yeah. But if Rox adds pets or, or the name, it, it has got ability. You know, we'll run a race if it does get a run, mate, that's for sure. Now, I, just had a, I just quickly was having a look as you were talking about the shallows. His last seven starts off the front row, first, second, first, third, sixth, first, first. So he's had four wins, a second and a third from his last seven when he started off the front row. He's definitely must like getting to the front. Yeah, I just, he's just a real good, honest horse, mate. And he's he's probably lived in the shadows a lot, Riley Major and that. But he's matched it with him and he's beat them on their merits. And it's just good to see him draw the front. Whether the leader be there or Franco Hampton, it should be because Franco Hampton's form is, is terrible. He should take a sit, but you never know. And if the Shallows did find the lead, he run a last half of last half of 57, 56-5, and it's going to take something special from Riley to get over the top. And don't get me wrong, if a horse can do it, it will be Riley Major. But it's just going to be a great race, and it's good for Carrick to get you know a high class race like this at, at a meeting where you know probably got four out of the top half a dozen paces in Tasmania competing. And uh, we were talking. Offline, mate, about a little horse called. Uh, well, we were talking actually. Um, off, off, lost. Call me Hector, and another horse called Call Her Julie. I met the owners up at uh, Leeton, and it was a pretty good story. Have you heard the story how it got its name, Call Her Julie? No, I wouldn't. No, I don't know the. That uh, David Jack called all the young colts George and all the young fillies. Georgie or Georgina. So they're all George or Georgina. And uh, Julie uh, stood up and said to David, call her Julie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has to be something like that. Stood up sure. on a, she stood up on a chair, apparently. Stood up on a chair and said, call her Julie. So uh, that was how that horse got its name. And uh, lovely people had a great chat with them up there. And, and they appreciated what you'd said about uh, Call Me Hector as well, mate. 
Yeah, we'll call her Julie. She, she was the one that got Matty Cooper on the go. He, he brought her pretty cheap, and yeah, she went on to be a, a grand, oh, not a grand circuit, a, a free-for-all star in Tasmania. She won at the big mares race at George Johnson, I think, and she won numerous races. She was competitive in Easter Cup heats and finals, and, you know, that's the one that got Matty in the spotlight, and that's how he kind of get, get, called me Hector. They, the the connections, so, he just done a great job of calling her Julie, so they sat down and called me Hector, and, and that's... Uh, you know, the rest is history. It's sad that what happened to him the other week, but he brought so many people some great highlights, especially all the connections, and let's hope the owners that you talked to the other last week at Leeton, you know, have got another horse there that they might send down to Matty and, and pick him up a little bit and, you know, do the same similar sort of job that Julie and Hector done for him over the past few years. 100%, mate. Let's get to the 12.30 news. We'll come back the other side with Vernet Woods, who uh, I'm looking forward to catching up with uh, very much as he's been a bit of a legend of the sport, I'd say, down there. Welcome back to Trot's Life. It uh, must nearly be uh, lunch of the cricket, four for 117. Vernet Woods now joins us on the line. Vernet uh, j- joining myself and Jamie Cockshut, Toby McKinnon. How are you, mate? Not bad, mate. Now, Vernet, uh, I started looking into you yesterday and the horses you've had, and I could not find one horse that didn't trace back to Nib River, who was a mare from, oh, she must have been born in the 50s or 60s, and she started breeding horses in the early 70s. And take us back to uh, how you started out in the sport and and obviously breeding horses through this uh, all those years ago. Williams, who was that bloke who used to breed him? He had the horses. Tatlow, wasn't it? Williams. Yeah. And uh, I wanted a horse, and and Dad said, I'll get you one. Of course, my brother had the other one, and uh, he had it down on his property. I gave him a couple of bags of char. Yeah. Because it was a good, he said, if he's got got a lot of breed, it was T. Maru. Yeah. That's back years ago. couple of bags of chaff. And all, yeah. the, all these horses you've had over the years, uh, Miss Windy, uh, Prancing June, Paleface Jane, all the ones that have won multiple races for you, they all descend back to that one horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> T- tell us about where you're trained from as well. What have you, You're in Fingal, which isn't far from St. Mary's. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a track over here. And we work, work the horses on. Yeah. And uh, if you want to go a bit fast, you go go to the Smeary. Yeah, okay. How big's your track? Oh, she's got a lot of corners on her. She's <laughs> not that big. <laughs> and uh, if you're going to really open them up, you know, you want a, you want a big track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. Now, yeah. uh we saw one the other day, Windy Hanover Wind, that's uh, come out of this family. It's an eight-year-old only having its seventh start. T- take us, tell us a little bit about Windy Hanover and how come it's taken so long to get to the races. Oh, he was only a little fella. And we're old, old, old trainers. Mm-hmm. We are. Mm-hmm. I'm 74, see, and we let him grow up. And uh, when I started on him, he, uh, he, uh, he got away and he hurt his leg. Yeah. And he was in the paddy for 12 months, two years. And he de- developed in that. And I got him going. And I raced up to Samaria's. Mm. And he, that was his first ra- race up there. Mm. And he showed a bit. Paul Hill drove him. 
and he wasn't really fit and that. And he only had one, two, two trials then. Hmm. And uh, Paul said he got the pace after getting fit. Hmm. So I don't know what happened. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that was sleepy boy. Yeah, yeah, get him mixed up. And uh, and he, he uh, said, you get him right, he'll have a good horse. So I, got, I had a run up at Samaris, yeah. and I had to. He's only he never won a race, and some horses have won ten races. <laughs> and I was given, was giving them ten meters. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The rating systems changed. That rating system <laughs> nearly ruined it up our way. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a, it's all. It all depends on where you are at with your journey with your horses, such mate. Yeah. But uh, t- tell us a little bit about St Mary's as well. Uh, I know it's a club pretty fond of your heart. Yeah. Yeah, well, see, we we had 500 mil here lately yeah. up at Mary's and Pingo. That, that's a lot of that's a lot of money, Vernet. 500 oh, mil. That. Your kids will be lining up for a share of that. <laughs> 500 mil. Yeah, water. <laughs> uh, it was water everywhere. Bog a duck. <laughs> and tractors got bogged, and the Ute got bogged, and <laughs> like that song, you know, the country and western one. Yeah, <laughs> bogged everything. Bogged everything. Yeah. Uh, very good. Uh, so, so you lost the race meeting oh. on January 1? Yeah, well, we went up and had a look at it, and it was a bit wet and that, but well, the way it's been raining up here, they they wouldn't believe us. And uh, they have to get the gear in, you know, trophies and everything, and and then the tucker and the beer, and if it was put off, it'd be all wasted, see? Yeah. So they gambled on, uh, gambled on, they said it might rain, Rain because it's been raining every second day, didn't dry out, but it uh, looks all right now. But too late, yeah, fair enough. Uh, Jamie Cockshut's been there listening away. I'll hand you over to him, he'll have a few questions for you too, Vernon. Oh, righto, how you going there, Vernon? Not bad, mate. Not bad, no, I've been had the pleasure of meeting you, but I've met your young nephew Alistair a few times, and you know, he's a really yeah. good young fella. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll touch on a bit of your. A, a bit of your life, like obviously Pale Face Jane. She was a really good horse for you going back in the the late yeah, nineties. I, I had one Janey and one J- Jane. She yeah, won I think Scottsdale J- Cup in yeah, nineteen eighty three right. over there. Yeah, and and I think Jane won it in nineteen ninety nine. Is that right? Ninety nine, yeah. That, that, yeah. I said I never had one as good as her, so I put Jane, just plain Jane. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and so they would have been a, f- a few of your bigger highlights going, you know, yeah, yeah. In, 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 yeah. Your, in your training career because, you know, based up in Gaul, I know a little bit about the woods as they only used yeah. to come out, you know, probably yeah. October through the, through the yeah, January to get them ready for the St Mary's Cup meeting and yeah. and all that. And, um, yeah, you've obviously when, had a fair bit of... When we went and when we come out, they said you, you go up to Fingal and nearly, nearly rob the place. <laughs> the big family of us up here. Yeah. Now, yeah, friends nah. and that, it'd be about 40 or 50 you go to the racing. Yeah, no, nah. look, I've been to a few of them, mate. They are a great day. It's one of the best days in Tasmanian harness racing. It's just a, a great feeling. Up there, yeah. Um, you yeah. know, they, the club knows how to put it on, all, and the Woods family's an integral part into the club, as we know. Um, yeah. And it is a shame it's not on in a couple of days because I'm sure the, it would have sent a buzz through the, the township. But, oh, yeah, um, they come from everywhere. Yeah, yeah the caravanners and oh, everything. Oh, yeah, the caravans, they have about 30 of them 
parked around under the trees and that, and they come and and every everyone turns out. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll touch on Wendy Hanover. Like and when at Bernie the other night was very good. You know, like she didn't handle the track or he didn't handle the track, but he's definitely a horse that's going to go and win races at Hobart, Launceston in the coming months, especially under the Chutley Gibraltar Hillier. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but. Uh, the trouble, how that mare, they not real good gated horses. Oh, yeah, I'll go to get them going. Yep. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll top Hanover's the same. That's that's a that's her older brother. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. He, he won a few. Uh, uh, he's won a few races. Yeah. Boyer yeah. and um, you know, I reckon I reckon Windy Hanover's a little bit better than Top Hanover, and hopefully she he can. Yeah, you know, show you that in the next couple of next couple of months, and, and win one at Launceston and one at Hobart, and and get you travelling down from Fingal down to Hobart and up to Launceston to watch him run. Do you travel to the races to watch him run? Yeah, I do, but uh, he's going over the Scottsdale's uh, Friday. Oh yeah. And no, next uh, uh, on the sixth. I'm mixed up. It's Christmas. <laughs> on <laughs> yep. the sixth over there, we. We go to the Smearies and Scottsdale, we call it our circuit, all the country. <laughs> yeah, Carrick, that's, that's, Carrick, that's for sure. All them. Yeah. yeah we'll see um, we can't really match it with the, the big fellas. Yeah, yeah we but... Have you know, a, we do a lot of work getting them know the stand and that. Yep. Learn them and then you jump, you jump to the front on them little track and nearly you win one. Well, that, that's correct. I remember Alistair had a mare called Laugh Your Head Off and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and she, she she had a great record of them sort of tracks, like you mentioned. Yeah. She'd just ping away, lob on top, and yeah. and and hold on, and she'd win some races yeah. at big odds at times. Got and, a catcher. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's exactly right. You can um, you can win you can win more money off stand starts for a, a good price if a mobile horse draws well. They uh, they uh, they favourite, but uh, stand yeah, there's only about. Half a dozen drivers and get get them away, and you pick the, the best driver and put them on your horse, and you learn them. We do a lot of work up here with them and that, and uh, and uh, they they jump and you you in front and they got to catch you then. No, that's exactly right, mate. That's a, the most important part of outstanding start race and find that leader, yeah. and you're halfway home, mate. You're halfway home. Yeah. But we'll, we'll we'll touch on a couple of your brothers. Like what's yeah. what's ironic? You all you all use a, a a name for your horses. Like I think Peter, he, he owns all the Touchwood horses. Touchwood, yeah, that's Peter. He he had them them. He had some good ones, and then there's Robert. He yeah, had the, the real good one, one Alan Grant. <laughs> he's been the lucky one, Robert. He uh, yeah. he's obviously put put, put Grant in his name. He had Grant's last going way back. Was a really yeah. really good horse, the top liner, and. Like, but, as you mentioned, Alan Grant, he's a very good juvenile yeah. horse and went on to, I think he, he went he to Vinny Knight. He bred a horse, Scotty Belmont was standing there. And if you got Scotty Belmont, they were very fast horses, but but, but they were rattle-headed at the start. You know, they wouldn't start and they'd give them a big start and then they'd fly home. Yeah, yeah. They, he was the top sire here for years. Yeah, no, he was going back in the day. But but Alan Grant, he raced in Victoria, didn't he? He went to Vinnie Knight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 We used to go and back him and that and have a good night out. Yeah, that was when I was just getting first into the game. I think he had some great battles with a horse called Prince Nigel going back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, Benny Knight at him over there. Yeah, that's him. No, that's him. No, so so Robert's been the lucky one, but you've all you know you've all had a, a horse or two that that have been able to win races and. and Moonlight Alley, he was another one we had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About seventy-five. Yep. We uh, uh, he went to uh, oh, I forget the bloke, and uh, we went over there and we got thirty-three to one about him. Yeah. And all the brothers <laughs> and uh, nearly half a thing all went over. And we all had hundred on him, and we had that much money. It was a double bed there. We knew how much we won. We took a photo of it. By gee, on the bed, you, you, you spread it all. Out. You spread all the money out of the bed. All around. yeah. And we took a photo of it. And oh, uh, he went back six weeks later, and we got twenty about him again. Yeah. He was a good old lord. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's what that's what the game's all about. You know. Especially oh, in the yeah, old days yeah. where you get good odds and, you know, you, everybody having a few dollars on winning a bit of money. Oh, yeah, like oh, they all backed it in the pub. She was a big night down in the pub down here. And we had to come home and work out who, who was who, who got the money in, and which one to pay. <laughs> <laughs> good on you. No, that was a good old day. Vernon, uh, we're just running out of time. Uh, thanks so much yeah. for, for coming on, mate. Uh, been great to meet you and hear a few of those stories. And, it's a mag- magnificent family you've got there. 31 starters have come out of that family from Nib Hanover. 17 winners, including uh, Windy Hanover was the 17th winner the other day. Top Hanover as well. So best of luck with Top Hanover and Windy Hanover going forward. And you just never know. Your Alan Grant might be just around the corner, mate. Yeah, might be. He's only a little fella. Alan Grant was a big horse. Just might be your. You might breed one just tomorrow or the next year or whatever, and he might be your Alan Grant. He might be still to come. But I haven't bred for seven years. I knew this was coming up. <laughs> very good. Good, uh, good on yeah, you, Vernon. Righto then. Thanks, Thanks mate. Thanks very much. Catch you later. Jamie, uh, what a character and. Been in the sport, as I say, breeding horses since 1972. That's uh, 50 years of breeding horses. He's had a few years away and. 17 winners come out of that family and, and a lot of fun and, and obviously some great memories and going over and backing horses at uh, the showgrounds and getting the collect out of it. Uh, great times of great memories out of harness racing. Yeah, that's what the industry does. You know, the, the good old stories are way back. We don't get them now these days, sadly enough, but, you know, just them days. And, mate, 1972, I wasn't even born type. So, but them sort of stories, they'll go. But Alan Grant, he was a really good horse for his brother, Rob, and so was Grant's last. They were both good. 31 races from 80 starts, Alan Granny won his first seven. So, uh, yeah, he was a he was a body star. Mate, uh, Jamie, thanks for the year, my friend. Uh, have been a wonderful year. Uh, season's greetings. We said Merry Christmas last week, but Happy New Year to you. Have next week off, mate. I'll, I'll be away. We've done a highlight show. Yep. And the, the, the highlight uh, interview I picked out for the year was with Christy Butler in Samillion Beach. So <laughs> so those those people next week, the Taz Racing segment will be Christy Butler. And it's a beautiful story with Samillion Beach and, and Christy's young son who loves that horse. No worries there, mate. Have a new year to all. Everybody out there, stay safe. And um, we'll catch up again in the new year and hopefully tips and winners, boys. Good on you, Jamie. Thanks again, mate. Uh, let's get to a break. We've got to get a couple away before the top of the hour. Well, welcome back to Charot's Life as we wind up the final few minutes for me on SEN Track for 2022. I've done a fair few thank yous over the last few days. So once again, thanks to everyone that has contributed 
all the guests across the year. It's been uh, absolutely fantastic and wasn't Vernon terrific there? Uh, an elderly gentleman still training a horse or two and doing it the old-fashioned way too, you know, educating them, trying to get a horse that can step away from the stand start and pinch a race uh, across the country circuit in Tassie. They're what uh, the sport has been made up of uh, over generations and just trying to get that good horse. And they do come along every so often like an Alan Green and uh, stick at it if you're at it in harness racing you just don't know what's around the corner. Congratulations as well to James Herbertson, who is going to win the Victorian State Premiership. He's 21 wins ahead of Mark Pitt. He's driven 1,654 plus races. He just drove that last uh, in that last race at Maryborough. Actually, he ran second on Aviero. I did think it was a pretty good each way chance. Uh, I didn't uh, didn't put it in a formal game plan or anything, but did talk about it earlier. Maybe uh, some some people might have got on it. I just wasn't sure about so serious who ended up winning the race. Uh, a Kiwi first upper, but uh, he could have got 210 the place when we were talking about Aviero earlier. So, Herbie, congratulations, mate, on winning the Victorian State Premiership. Some sort of achievement for someone of his age. He is only 22 years of age, and he is the state's leading driver ahead of Mark Pitt. And congratulations, too, to Mark Pitt. 206 wins from 552 542 races so far. He'll end up coming second, no doubt, unless Greg Sugars goes nuts over the next few days. He's uh, in third on 202. That's state driving titles. Uh, absolutely. A couple of wonderful young men there in James Herbertson and Mark Pitt. And they've got two different, I suppose, stories as to how they've got to where they are. Peter McMullen will win the Australian title, 262 wins. He's uh, some 29 clear of Gary Hall Jr., 233, and Herbie on 230 is in third spot. He's only three ahead of Mark Pitt on the Australian title. Mark Pitt's uh, 227, and Greg Sugars is right. Uh, I know he's 206, Greg Sugars. He's the next one down. Jack Law's on that top 10 as well. He's had another great year, Jack Law. He had a bit of a bumpy start at the start of the year, but he's got up to 186 winners for the year. And Chris Elford, who we had on earlier, is up to 182. Let's get to our final break. I've seen Cam Luke at some stage, and that's it today. Maybe uh, Sammy Hyland might be on the Savo as well. So it might be Cam Luke and Sam Hyland this afternoon. Let's get our final break away for Trot's Life this year. Jason Bonington will be back tomorrow with a Friday form panel from uh, 10.30 with the great man Dan Malecki. But let's get this final break away. Trot's Life, it's your Thursday edition run and one. Once again, thanks to all our guests today, to Chris Alford, Noel Shin, Mick Gurren, Jamie Cockshut and Vernet Woods for joining us across the episode. Best of luck to everybody on Saturday night with Vic Bread Super Series runners. If you're a trainer, a driver, a strapper, a stable hand, a... And owner, uh, best of luck, uh, might see you out there. I'll be there on Saturday night. Emma Stewart, again, with an amazing year. She won the Trainers Premiership. She has 30 runners on Saturday night in Group 1 races. An astonishing performance to have that many runners in across the night. And I think we mentioned it with Tim O'Connor as well and Greg yesterday, 14 uh, runners for the Jess Tubbs. Lara J Farms establishment is also some sort of achievement and 
Uh, it's a great night. The Vic Bread Super Series, plenty of entertainment on course as well. So if you're looking for a great night out for New Year's Eve, it's free entry. There's heaps of kids' activities. There'll be a few places to get a cold beverage. You'll be able to enjoy a wonderful evening of, tr- of harness racing, trotting and pacing action. So do yourself a favour and get out there if you can. Uh, that's a wrap from Trots Live from me for the year. I'll speak to you in two weeks. Don't forget, enjoy the best of shows next week on Wednesday and Thursday.